Funding for Sundays on the East End comes from CP Complete Construction and Renovation, specializing in interior and exterior living spaces. CP Complete focuses on the end result throughout the entire process. Individualized attention sets their boutique construction company apart with a focused, inclusive, innovative, and personalized process from start to finish. CP Complete builds what you have imagined. Learn more at cpcomplete.com or 631-727-5741. So good morning and welcome to Sundays on the East End. This is Bridget Leroy, and today I welcome my guest co-host, Joe Shaw. How are you? Good, good. Good, Joe. Everybody would recognize Joe's voice from WPPB. Yeah, that's like the only way I ever get recognized. (laughs) It's from being on here, and and people walk up to me in grocery stores and things and say they recognize my voice from PPB. It's a true story. Yeah. Everybody, I I don't think I have a distinctive voice. Yeah, you do. No, I don't think I do. Well, I I really don't. don't, I I, I know when it's true. But anyway, (laughs) Joe is the executive editor of the Press News Group right here in Southampton and the East Hampton Press and 27 East, which is... Global. That's it. And we're going to be talking today with um, our Suffolk County legislator, Bridget Fleming, and Bob DeLuca from Group for the East End. We're going to be talking about all kinds of things, but it is the week of Thanksgiving, and a lot of people are traveling. A lot of people are coming out here, and uh, some of them are family. Some of them don't have family. But it seemed like a good discussion to at least for you and I to start, would be talking about balance in our lives because mm-hmm. we are going to be talking about balance, balancing the ecosystem with our guests. But uh, what what do you do to kind of stay Yeah, I think balance is, is like, I think it's the, the most critical thing in the universe. I really do. Yeah. I think, you know, when you look at, 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 you know, even astrophysics and things like that, it's all about balance. And, and yeah, the struggle when you have a job that's kind of stressful and, and keeps you well, running in- running in the red a lot of the times during the week. Um, I had said this week uh, on Facebook, I think you enjoyed that, that I, I think things like baking shows are the new quaaludes <laughs> for us. I, I, I and think I they answered, help. I yeah. answered, I never watched Cake Wars and woke up in a different city, <laughs> so I don't great, know. <laughs> great reply, by the way. I have to give you that. Um, but that's, I mean, I've really, it's, it's important to me to just sort of embrace the downtime and to have, you know, I consider home sort of a little bit of a refuge from getting away from all of that. Sanctuary. And it, and it means a lot to me. It really does. And, and um, getting out, I mean, the, this is going to be a busy holiday season, but I think it's important to just kind of slow down sometimes and, and just embrace that. And, and, you know, it's hard to do nothing when you're Oh my God! Especially, Especially in busy. our in our yeah. business, I mean, just so people understand, I mean, Joe and I are basically competitors. We work. We are, com- yes. we're, we're editors at competing. I secretly loathe you. Yes, <laughs> I I t- it's not so yeah, secret. It's, it's I've just, seen what you've written on it's Facebook. Bubbling under the surface. For, yeah. <laughs> no, no, we're really good friends, <laughs> and um, and but but we're both in that business, and it's constant adrenaline deadlines every week. There really isn't a lot of downtime. I have recently started meditating, mm-hmm. and um, my husband teaches Ashtanga yoga once a week. I've mm-hmm. never gone because I would just heckle him. I'd be like, is that all the far you can bend? <laughs> Are you allowed to heckle <laughs> yoga? I, I, like I can do whatever I want. I'm his wife. <laughs> so, uh, but but I have found, honestly, I mean, it, it's I'm 55 years old and I've only just started meditating and it is making an enormous difference in my life. I'm I really that dis- from a lot of people. I mean, I, I really, I'm, I, I am not a skeptic. I think there's a lot to that. Um, and I know it requires some real commitment too. You really need yeah. to, to 
set aside the time. You have to have the space. You know, that's all. That's well, all I think that's important. actually fifty percent of it is I the commitment. Too. Like mm-hmm. once you make the commitment, you feel better already. I think that's true. It's kind of like when you donate to the station. Yeah, it's which they've been saying it's all week. The it's little like, things that you do. It is. Um, and you work with Dana, your wife. I so do. So how do you? I'm just curious how you balance that. Yeah, that's interesting because before we moved, uh, 20 years ago, we moved here and began working together. Um, before that, we were married for, uh, what would it have been, about nine years before, seven, eight years before we moved up here. And we worked for different newspapers. We worked for competing newspapers then as well. She it sounds like a, 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 I smell a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> she worked for a daily and I worked for a weekly. And uh, we sort of went our separate way during the day and and what we found is we really like working together and by the way <clears throat> full disclosure i think if you talk to people who work with us uh they will tell you that we can certainly kind of rang <laughs> at each other a little bit one of my, one of our favorite stories is john chicarella who i know john really you well. know john yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he does he used to work for us he used to be uh, in our production and apparently he worked for six months at the newspaper before he realized that dana and i were married i love that 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 we were able to keep that kind of separation <laughs> always work. the last to know we generally do kind of keep that separation at work but i really like that and uh, we can make it work. I don't think it would work for everybody, right. but it really, and we don't, we try not to bring it home. I'm usually the one who's going, let's stop talking about work. Let's talk about something fun. I don't want to oh, talk about work what? when we get home. And I'm the one who does yeah. that with Eric it, because we are workaholics. You got to cut it off at some point. You really do have to get some distance from it. it it's, I've found that when I get some distance from work, I'm much more effective at work, too, because when you get away from it for a little while, you get some perspective. And, you know, if you're just immersed in, in, in it all the time, you, you never get your head above water and you don't get Tell a breath. Tell me about it. So, I yeah. Mean, but it is. It's, it's, it's one of my favorite. <laughs> search for balance is what it is. One of my favorite Facebook posts of the entire summer was, I think it was Lisa Tamburini, uh, who's, you know, local photographer, wrote, what day is it? And Georgie Manu wrote August. And I thought that was like the most perfect sum up of like where your head is at in the middle of the summer. There is no balance. So it's like we really need to take the time now. And we're going to be talking about balance and the ecosystems out here as well and the waterways with uh, legislator Bridget Fleming and Bob DeLuca from Group for the East End. Uh, You're listening to Sundays on the East End with Bridget Leroy and Joe Shaw. And uh, we'll be back right after this. We're back. This is Bridget Leroy. You're listening to Sundays on the East End with my guest co-host Joe Shaw. How are you, Joe? Doing great. And we're Doing gonna great. we're gonna bring on our first guest. We have two today, which is super exciting. We've got uh, Suffolk County Legislator Bridget Fleming. Good morning. Good morning. And we also have Bob DeLuca. But we're gonna get to Bob in a minute. Um, we were talking about yes. Keep your mouth shh. <laughs> <laughs> I can see him. Shh. I just can't hear him. He's you out can, there. You, you, I see Trust Bob DeLuca. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Bridget, before we get into kind of more serious 
discussions of you know Long Island and the East End in particular, I know that you practice yoga and you teach yoga or do you still teach? No, 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 no. I taught years ago. Actually, I used to teach children when I was I was a stay at home mom for uh, six years from the time my son Jay was born. It's Jay, J-A-I, like Jai, but we call him Jay so he doesn't get beat up in the parking lot. (laughs) Not an issue now because he's six foot, you know, 170 pounds. Excuse me, I I have a son named Bing. Okay. Okay, so it's like this. You didn't go the same direction. Right, okay. (laughs) So there you go. No, but I was, I actually, you you were talking about meditation. I've had a meditation practice since 1998, and I've had the exact same routine um, that I do every morning. pretty much uh, since 1998. That's so amazing. Critically important. What's, and What's the length of, of your meditation routine? I'm curious. Well, I think it depends on what, you know, lineage your, your studying is from. I um, have studied with uh, Swami Satchidananda, who is, uh, he passed away, but um, he uh, founded Integral Yoga, which is a, a sort of integrated, that's what it is, you know, the physical, the chanting and then also community service uh, karma yoga which is giving back to the community siva isn't that like siva isn't that I'm not uh, sure what that is siva is what they call up in kripalu when you oh. go and like live there for a year oh. and work in the kitchens and stuff it's, it's probably a different like right. sanskrit term for sure. service right 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 i think i know of it as seva or yeah, Shava. It's yeah. probably Shava or Shava. I'm Something. sure I'm saying it wrong. I it's like Charday. I called her Sade for years. <laughs> oh my gosh, where would we be without Charday? And she's still she's still producing. I love that woman. Yeah. Where would like retail be without Charday? Right? right, exactly. In the background of every cool store. <laughs> but anyway, no, I've I've um, I've I studied with Swami Satchidananda and his senior de, you know followers and. Um, you know, I have a mantra, and I I say that say that. Um, so so it depends. My my practice includes prayer and chanting. So it's forty minutes in the morning, but actual silent meditation is between seventeen and twenty minutes. Nice. Okay. Isn't that amazing, though? Yeah. I mean, to put to make that kind of commitment to put that aside. Now uh, you said you were a stay-at-home mom, but going way back you were working a very, very stressful job in New York City. Weren't you in like the sex crimes unit with the DA's office? That's when I started meditating. Oh, I bet. I I was an assistant district attorney in Robert Morgenthau's DA's office. Um, And I was, yeah. At the end, I was the chief of a unit that prosecuted fraud in public programs. So housing, public housing and welfare. Um, And then, but before that, I did general street crimes. So... Robberies, drugs, murders, but I was um, a specialist in the sex crimes prosecution unit. That was when Linda Fairstein ran the unit, and she was my boss. Did you ever have any existential crises from that? I mean, I would think I would think it would be. I mean, obviously, you say you you began yoga and meditation. Then I'm sure to deal with the stress of it. I mean, it it must just it, it must. The risk is there that it can just be spirit crushing. I would think. I mean, you're doing the good work, right? And that helps. Yeah. But but the stuff you see every day must just be. 
I never, I never found it spirit crushing. There's a great camaraderie. It's a lot of teamwork. You're working with people you respect and admire, and the work is very hard. And um, from an intellectual perspective, it's very challenging, and that's something that's always kind of turned me on. So, you know, the way to get through some of the difficulty is to drill into the intellectual challenge of it. So every crime that you prosecute includes elements of a crime. You need to make sure you meet those elements by presenting the facts that line up with those elements. And then that's what your indictment is. And then when you go to the jury, you need to be sure that you are presenting to them what they need to go back in the jury room and find a defendant so guilty on each element of the crime. So it's very intellectual. I was going to say it's intellectual and it. it's linear. Like you have a goal in mind. So maybe that stops you from like, I would I mean, I guess you had the ethics training and every all the kind of training you needed because I would be a, a hot and mess. I, I like would Joe think you'd would have probably. to drain the emotion out of it too, just because. It would no, I don't think so. Oh, I mean, really? well, no, you just have to deal with the emotion, but you do. It's very important. You're 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 recounting to the jury something. You have to recreate a moment in time that was horrific, and right. your jury needs to get that. So you can't distance yourself too far from that. You really need to be able to present but then it. If you have to do that. You have to, in a sense, experience some of that pain as well. And that's right. That's, that's you have tough. to take care of that's yourself. It. You know, I actually during uh, following 9-11 at that time, I was in the um, I, I worked for the Bar Association, the city bar. I had left the DA's office because I knew I was about to become a career prosecutor. It wasn't what I was interested in doing. So I sort of jumped ship. But I ran a volunteer lawyer program. They helped people in cancer and homelessness and refugees, but I happened to be there when 9-11 happened, so I was in the perfect place to try to manage all these lawyers who wanted to volunteer and help. And so we set up initially at the armory, we had a trust and estates desk, and, and then it grew into this huge program. But the reason why I, I talk about it is because we worked one-on-one -on -one with many families who suffered right. devastating loss on that day and um, you know, tried to help them through the legal hurdles of getting their lives back together, which were myriad. But one of the, we had the Oklahoma City bombing um, families yeah. came and did what they call a degrief with us every day so that we could download what we had heard in order not to build up what they call secondary stress. Which is oh. getting us back to d our discussion of balance. I right. mean, it's really that, that way of, it's, that's just amazing. You have to just be aware that that's what you're absorbing and then deal with it. But you can't avoid it and still do a good job. I mean, just looking, for instance, at the Judiciary Committee hearings with um, the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation, I wish someone had walked that fantastic witness through the crime. Right. Because if she had had a moment to describe what the lighting was, what her opportunity to observe, how she knew him, you know, her level of certainty. If she had really walked it through, I would have done it three times if they would have let me. You know, that's what I used to do. If a judge would let me, they usually cut you off after the second time. But you need the jury. We needed, the American public needed to be there for a minute and understand how horrifying it was so that there's a sort of a, a, a visceral obligation to do justice. Right. Um, yeah. So, I so you the can't not moment, do it. The, the one moment that that actually did happen during the hearings was when she talked about them laughing 
yes. and enjoying yeah. themselves. And yes. I thought that, that hit was, everybody. That was so powerful because it was so honest and and I, I you know it, I think it came the closest to probably accomplishing what you're talking about I mean each senator only had 10 minutes they were all former half of them are former prosecutors though I would have started you're in the living room you're going up the stairs what was your experience were you aware there was someone behind you what did you hear what did you see what did you smell you know and then move all the way through it to let us get that feeling all the way through it's a horrible thing but Life can be ugly. We got we to live up to that. Well, I, this has been a just an amazing conversation so far. It's going to continue in a minute. This is Bridget Leroy, Sundays on the East End, with my guest host, Joe Shaw. We've been talking with Bridget Fleming, and we're about to meet Bob DeLuca. When we get back, you're listening to 88.3 WPPB, Long Island's only NPR station. And you can also listen to us online at 883WPPB.org. Thank you. Look at all those fancy clothes But these could keep us warm just like those What about your soul? Is it cold? Is it straight from the mold? Ready to be sold Cars and phones and diamond rings Bling, bling Those are only removable things what about your mind? Does it shine? Or are there things that concern you more than your time? Gone, going, gone, everything gone. Give a damn. Gone be the birds when they don't wanna sing. Gone people, all awkward with their things. Well, we're back with Sundays on the East End. This is Bridget Leroy and my co-host Joe Shaw. We've just been talking with Suffolk County legislator Bridget Fleming. And uh, it's always hard to say your name because I want to say Bridget Leroy. <laughs> Sorry. That's why and I we always spell take it break. the same, too, which is unusual. I know. We're the same generation. I know. It's, it's so cool. crazy. Actually, before we move on Fleming to Fleming and Leroy are spelled the same? I no. Stop that. Were you named after a, a family friend or anything? We're going to move on to Bob. Sorry, but I'm just curious. I'm the sixth daughter in my family and no it's no. just i just got the best name you in got my the, there you opinion. go okay i have a sister named maud oh my god oh. then you did get the best name my sorry maud is mildred <laughs> but i love maud what, what? mildred what? was what? my mom's name oh, yeah. Mom's no. yeah she went by minnie which which was nice. better yeah but uh yeah mildred well we're gonna we're gonna move on to robert <laughs> which is a normal name <laughs> hi, hi bob oh, yeah. i'm still here and bob you're president of group for the east end is that so your? i'm told so you're told. So you also have a stressful position here. I mean, you run a nonprofit. Uh, you're dealing with a lot of uphill battles, especially as of late. Um, before we get into that, which will be kind of the last half hour, what you know, what do you what do you do to for balance and to, to de-stress? You know, I mean, I, I think I'm lucky because I work in a field that's also my like recreation and grounding. So you know, as a kid, I grew up in Western Connecticut, and I spent my almost all of my time. In the woods, there was a stream behind my parents' house, and I used to flop around in there with the dogs and what have <laughs> you. And so, you know, um, I do the same thing now. I mean, I, I trek through these various parks and properties that we have. You I, live out on the North Fork, mm -hmm. right? So I spend, I'm in the Orient County Park almost every day <laughs> with my bizarre dog. And um, <laughs> Wait a minute. Why? Why is the dog bizarre? Did it's you a, well, 
it's a uh-huh. long story, but she's uh, she's actually a mix. She's uh, one of these golden doodles. You said bizarre so, dog. Oh, yeah. I need to know. So I, I think she has. I, I think she has why. like a schizophrenic problem. Because nah, okay. She has like a lot of poodle, which makes her like very <laughs> hyper and vigilant. And then she has a lot of like loving, sloppy, like golden, <laughs> and sometimes in the same eight seconds. So she can't quite figure out who gotcha. she is. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, but anyway, so I spend. I do spend a lot of time outside when you know I used to spend a lot of time in New Hampshire hiking. Oh yeah, yeah. Whereabouts? And, uh, the whole presidential range, Franconia range. Oh, that's way. That was way north. I was down in New London, mm-hmm. the Sunapee area. So, yeah, uh, you know, backpacking, stuff like that. And um, and cooking. We talked a little bit about this. Yeah. So I'm, I'm the family chef and have been for our entire marriage. Nice. And um, I grew up in the kitchen with my mom. And th- my dad was a professional firefighter. And as you know, they are great cooks. And my mom was also a great cook. So I had grown up the two of them. And I spent a lot of time in the kitchen. And then I worked in restaurants. And uh, and you find that to be a way yeah, of kind I, of striking balance. I can't tell you how. Striking um, balance. I do like the weeks, like cooking on Sunday. Like I, I like lay everything out because like I'm never there. So, um Ooh. But I feel like I'm back in the, like, you know, prep, you know, I'm like, I'm like in the kitchen and something's cooking here and I'm chopping there and it's, I don't know, but I find it very um, soothing. And, uh, and then you have the creation at the end of it, which you can eat. So what's your signature dish? I don't know. I mean, do you have, I lo- a, do you have something? You I really don't. To? I mean, I, I don't bake at all, but I do a lot of cooking. You know, I'm Baking a- seems like alchemy to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need to have some kind of whole separate set of skills to bake. That's true. You really yeah. do. I have a bread machine. That's like that's well, the that's extent the, of my that baking. That counts. But, but uh, you like to focus on like the local stuff. I mean, you really, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, I do. I try to, you know, the scallops are in now, right? So I just did scallops the other night at Oysters, you know. We how how did you do the scallops? What's I your best scallop recipe? This is like really bears. The easiest thing to do with them, I just, it's a little bit of flour and you just, Put them in for like two seconds. And I put them over pasta with like a wine butter sauce okay, and uh, some capers. So my husband is born and bred Boniker. And I used to say like, I make reservations and Eric eats things he finds on the beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he came home last night with like a pound of Peconic Bay scallops, the yep. best of the best. And he ate them raw. And yeah. he didn't offer yeah. me a single I've one. i this. Oh, that's not Well, good. I wouldn't have eaten them raw. So he kind of knew that. But that's probably why he, but he's just, that's what he does. He's like, he's. I've heard this, that you can reach down and just pick them out of the water and eat Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep, that's what I he like does. I like them three minutes in the pan with garlic and butter. Yeah. But what do you do with the flour? I just, it just actually helps you to soak up the butter and garlic, right? It's a, deli- <laughs> it's a, it's a delivery system. It's a delivery so system. So you roll them in Yeah, flour? I just basically put them in like a, like a stainless steel bowl, and I just put in a little bit of flour, maybe a little salt and pepper, and just flop them around, uh-huh. put them in the pan just like you very quickly. Okay, and I just you want- serve them with toothpicks? I usually do them like over pasta, so I'll do okay. them like over. Uh, I just want to explain hair. to our audience: this is not a cooking show. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is now. <laughs> it's Sunday, Sunday <laughs> East End. No, we're talking to our guest Bob DeLuca, is president of Group for the. Uh, sorry, well, I always want to say Group for the South Fork, Group for the East End, and Suffolk County Legislator Bridget Fleming, and we've got Joe Shaw. But but we're all scallop lovers and lovers <laughs> of <laughs> food. Also, I'm very proud of the fact that I recently bought a Global G2. A what? Familiar? You, you know what I'm talking about? The knife? Oh, oh, yeah, oh like yeah, a really yeah, fancy it's knife. A really fancy knife. <laughs> so, because I, I cook a little, but mm-hmm. I'm not. What's your any, signature dish? Any, Joe? I don't. Re- whatever Blue Apron sends generally is what <laughs> I make. But I love um, Blue Apron. But and there's enough flesh. chopping involved that uh, I've become pretty good at it, and and a good knife is. There is something about chopping, right? I yeah, mean, I think it that's is. It's, 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 it's a meditation, relaxing. right? If you yeah, do it, it you have enough things to chop, it and really it's is. it's very uh, it orders your brain. I think. Well, there are so many different meditations, which because the Thich Nhat Hanh has like walking meditations, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. and there's so many, and I'm sure there are cooking meditations and chopping meditations, and mm. and all of that, but. Um, Anyway, we're, I, I think maybe that's probably a good point for us to take a quick break and come back and talk about balance on the East End and how we uh, are going to continue to balance or 
achieve more balance with our precious and delicate ecosystems, which I know, um, Bridget, you've done a lot. Um, yeah, we got to keep those base gallops coming. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and Bob, that's your life's work. So, um, Joe, do you have anything you want to offer? I, we're in the room with two of the very important people, I think, who are going to make that happen going forward. And as you say, do it every day. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting Okay, so I think we're I think we're going to have a lot of agreement here too. Probably. Yeah, I don't we think probably, one of us is going to go. We probably <laughs> should have had one person on the other side. Just who, who says what? I hate the environment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't <laughs> like scallops. Might, <laughs> might be tough to find, but we we could play the tape of everything that's been said to me when I walk out of public hearings. <laughs> oh, no, it's true. It's true. Right. They're out there. Yeah, the sentiment is out there. So. Oh well, our producer Kyle Lynch is going to take us out, and we'll be right back with Sundays on the East End. Don't go near the water, children. See the fish all dead upon the shore. Don't go near the water, cause the water isn't water anymore. From the fountains and the mountains comes the water running cool and clear and blue. And it comes down from the hills and it goes down to the towns and passes through when it gets down to the cities then the water turns into a dirty gray cause it's poisoned and polluted by the people as it goes along its way we're back it's bridget Leroy. you're listening to sundays on the east end with my guest co-host executive editor joe shaw from the press news group and we have in the studio suffolk county legislator bridget fleming and bob deluca president of group for the east end and we're going to touch on the issue now of the delicate balance of our ecosystems out here i mean it's water quality seems to be what it, the it's always been important but now it seems to be like the buzzword of the day everyone's having um uh, there was just the acabonic um uh, forum and, and and all kinds of things going on with the the methoprene and there's just so much and nitrogen runoff but i'm going to actually turn it over to joe because i think you're just much more knowledgeable about this stuff than i am boy i don't know that's putting a lot of pressure on me but well i I, good... I i rehearsed what i just said like a hundred <laughs> times so and i rehearsed nothing so <laughs> i'm go. gonna just wing it but it you know we do have sort of a, a key moment to talk about this week and that was the approval on thursday night uh, that the southampton town zoning board of appeals um, basically resolved a question that was before them about whether or not a golf course is a is an accessory to a housing development and they decided that by a five to two vote that yes it is and so discovery land company the arizona is arizona based company that's planning a, a golf resort in east quag on about uh, 591 acres, I think, in yeah, East Quag. that is exactly what it is. Um, they are going to be able to go back now to the planning board under current zoning. They don't require any variances now, according to the ZBA ruling. I spoke with Assemblyman Fred Thiel on Friday, and, and I thought he had a, a good line, which was, he said, this is the Citizens United of development decisions mm. at the town level. Mm. Um, it's It changes everything, and it's just very ill-advised. Bob, I, I know you feel strongly about this as well. That the, this was a this was a this is sort of a, a line of uh, we wrote an editorial this week. It talked about it being a line of demarcation for Southampton Town, at least. And it may be hard for people to understand sort of who's in charge of what, right? So your town board, your town board really is supposed to legislate what goes where in your town. Your basic zoning. You can have a house here. You can have a drugstore there, and that's on a zoning map, and that basically sets the parameters, right? 
the Zoning Board of Appeals is charged with interpreting code where there's a question. What people like me are concerned about is that this takes a step further into not just interpreting the code, but adding certain uses that aren't otherwise provided for in the code. So if you look at the standards, what's allowed in this particular residential zone, if you look on the table of uses, it says in the town that unless it's specifically stated, it's not allowed, right? So golf courses are not specifically stated in this particular area. You mean like you would literally have to go down everything that's not allowed? Like I can't, you can't have a zoo there. Well, like it's interesting. It's, what it says is code, it, it says you can have, if it's not on this list, then you can't have it, right? So by default, the zoo, if it's not on the list, it's out. Okay. Oh, I um, got it. So in this particular case, Discoveryland argued, hey, listen, uh, this is actually an accessory use, right? This golf course is not really a golf course as you would think of it, even though, you know, the original plan that was denied by the town board had a clubhouse and it was a full-on golf course, and um, which legislator Fleming uh, rightly recognized might be a bridge too far early on. <laughs> and essentially, by arguing that it was an accessory use, it opened the door as to whether or not it could be had because the accessory use tables are not quite the same as the primary okay, use Okay, well, but, but the overall, why is it frightening to to our ecosystem that right. this go f if this i mean i'm 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 smelling our article 78 like n next week where, where there's going to be some sort of an appeal or a lawsuit I mean, but it's important if it to note that the the property is a kind of a key property right. the town had zoned zoned it as a five acre residential right you need a little history here right yeah. because the 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 strongest zoning in the town to protect water quality is the zoning that's on this property now okay right? that's so the what I was original goal 30 years ago, 35 years ago, was to say in certain parts of the town we were going to be highly restrictive for what could go there because we all depend on the water that's underneath it, either for drinking or that water flows to our bays and harbors, and it's important for that. Yeah, where, which way does the water flow? For, I mean, for S people who are listening right. in So this New property Hampshire, is in example. East Quag, right? right. And, it's, and the property, it's a long property that runs basically from the Sunrise Highway a little bit down below the tracks, and it drains to the, essentially to the southeast, which is into Weesuck Creek and western Shinnecock Bay. And Though you should realize Weesuck Creek is an is an impaired water body according to the DEC to the New York it's State already government. Impaired. And and because you know, the Shinnecock Bay is mm -hmm. also an impaired right. water body. It, so you go from one impaired water body to another impaired water body. And we should body. point out it's not a pristine site. It's a site that's had farming and different uses that, that may have contributed to some of that pollution in Weesuck yeah, Creek. Most already. of the site is uh, Pine Barrens vegetation. There's an there's an adjacent piece that they picked up which actually was an agricultural piece. Mm -hmm. And so it's also the largest subdivision that the town has seen in a generation. So right. it, it draws a lot of attention for that purpose. And so the real question here is how far can a zoning board go before it becomes a, a town board? In other words, the zoning board is not an elected body. Right. The zoning board is not in charge of zoning. And if you continue to allow the zoning board the responsibility of determining all kinds of potential accessory uses on all kinds of potential properties, you've, you've short-circuited the basic processes. We, we elect a town board to set the zoning. And when you talk about questions that go to the Zoning Board of Appeals, they're usually fairly narrow questions, not entire questions based on a new use that otherwise wasn't provided. And, you know, one of the things, you know, full disclosure, our, our newspaper is editorialized against the project. But I would say that from the beginning, I've thought it's a very fascinating debate because there there is sort of a, a, a position out there that the proposal, as it was originally pitched to the town board, had some benefits Mm -hmm. attached to it, which, by the I way... tax benefits, uh, right? Uh, well, it's not just tax benefits. They also had some incentives when they were seeking the uh, special zoning to do this through the town board that don't, aren't on the property anymore. And therefore, some of the things that were talked about in the earlier proposal 
that would have meant organic uses mm -hmm. and things like that, I think, are off the table. Right, now. to offset the impacts of the original proposal, the developer pr provided for different mitigation measures. Right, like using only right. organic fertilizer. Now, part of that was the basis why the developer said they should be able to, to, to pursue the project. Now, that project went down before the town board as a change of zone, and now as it comes back, all of those elements obviously were there to try to minimize environmental harm. It's not clear because they haven't come back through the planning board process where those are well, but if they're gone then if i of can get bridget in on this i mean what if if this does go through i mean do you or any of your cohorts have the ability to make those kind of demands that that it be like or only organic stuff i mean i well, i, I mean, imagine that they they're not all bad people and they they certainly don't want to be you know pissing off all their neighbors by by messing stuff up even worse i mean i would imagine that they would want to do that just to do the right thing maybe well no i mean you have seven individuals who are on the zoning board of appeals you have seven individuals who are on the planning board and those folks the board the you know zba has made its decision five to two and now it comes to the planning board so one thing that this highlights is how critically important the composition of those boards is i've been saying it since i was on the town board in 2010 you know we have an obligation you know the, the elected officials on the town board appoint the land use boards who are some of the very most important people in the town of southampton East Hampton as well. And they, I think town board members have an obligation to support the folks who promote the needs and concerns of the folks who elected the town right, board members. So that may not be what, what happened on the zoning board in my humble opinion. But the planning board now, it's gonna go to them and they have to uh, do a site plan review. They're, the the developer has to satisfy what's called CEQA, the State uh, Environmental Quality Review Act. And that's going to allow the planning board to require certain environmental protections. Well, they have this to do a draft an, environmental impact statement? I they mean, they will. Yeah. And this is in, first of all, it is five acre zoning mm -hmm. because of the important, it's critically important. It's over a deep recharge in the uh, our sole source aquifer, the only place that we get our drinking water from. And it when discharges you say we, you the whole East End. Everybody on Long Island. Long Island, our aquifer is what supplies our drinking water, nothing else. And if we mess with it, there are problems. There are two other golf courses that went through the planning uh, review back in the day that have monitoring programs, and that's something I believe planning board can require. Golf on the Bridge, which is mm -hmm. in Noyak, on top of a very deep part of our aquifer, and Sabonic, mm -hmm. um, which is also, which is right on... Um, on the creek there. Mm -hmm. So both of those for years now have had to employ scientists who put in monitoring wells and have to, you know, meet certain requirements. So that can still be imposed. There's still a question as to whether an 18-hole golf course can satisfy the needs and requirements of our environment at that location. Right. Maybe not. And I still think the planning board has room to say, for instance, 18 holes is too big. Nine holes might work, you know, or something How about along mini those golf? I, I like mini golf. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> the but town actually has that in the code. You need at least an acre and it's a <laughs> special permit. Use. Well, listen, but just to bring it back, um, if it's okay, just make it more, mm -hmm. um, you know, conceptual. Um, I mean, we really want to talk about all of, uh, we, we had Shane Weeks on from uh, Shinnecock Nation a few weeks ago, and he said that he would think twice uh, before eating anything that comes from any freshwater on Long Island now. So this is not just about 
Discovery and and Wisa Creek. It's it's really uh, right. you know, I, all over. I, I think at, at the townwide level, you know, and this is not I'm not a sky is falling kind of guy, but there is a water crisis in this town. Virtually every surface water in this town is impaired. Yeah, I mean Aguam Lake is. And blue, much right? of that impairment is the result of the slow sort of destruction and denigration of the environment over time. And it'd be great if we just had a big, you know, factory or something that we could shut down or turn off the pipe. But we don't, you know, right? We've met the enemy and it's us. Right. Um, it's our impact on the land that we don't think about, that we don't do intentionally, that people don't get up every day trying to figure out how they can destroy the world. It's just the footprint that we leave on a sensitive environment that really requires a lot more tender, loving care than we probably realize. I wonder if you guys, if you could help me try and make people understand the idea of precedent here. And I feel like, so we, we are worried specifically about what this might do on this piece of property in East Quag. That's a legitimate conversation and a concern. Mm -hmm. But I find it more interesting that in its decision, the ZBA cited Ira Rennert's decision back in 98, huh. golf at the bridge, uh, the Cowneck, uh, the decision to allow some golf holes there. Wikipedia. And, and Wikipedia. <laughs> and Google searches. It, uh, it, it pointed to precedent, and this is now precedent going forward. What is this going to do well, for future well, applications? First, I think your, your newspaper pointed out, and I thought when the, um, the chairman of the ZBA who voted against this was quoted in your paper as saying that, um, you know, precedent does matter. Um, he knew that there are many people who will walk in after this application, and that's why this isn't just about Discovery Land by any means, and say, listen, I have a new accessory use. I want a zoo. Indoor tennis. And the funny thing is, you know, people can roll their eyes, but in this town, those of us that have lived here oh. and worked here, Virtually anything that you could think of. Well, at Epcal, right? Didn't right. they want to put a ski mountain? Yes. I mean, right. come on. It can be done on steroids. This is the play playground of the rich and famous. And if somebody that's County Road 58. That's Riverhead Town. Right, right. right. County Road 58. Right. We're not going to support that here. No, no, I know. No but it's just, what. but but people will come up with any kind of harebrained idea out here. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and values and are so high. And the return that people are looking, people, you know, believe that an investment in land out here is a lottery ticket. So developers are saying, look, I'm not just making what I normally make in Corum. I'm in the Hamptons, and that right. means I have to push the price where I think it should be, and how do I get there? Well, maybe an indoor tennis thing works. Like These are all ideas, that, and if you can end run the town board, and the town board doesn't control the zoning, and keep going in front of the zoning board of appeals and saying, I could find a place in New Mexico that has this as an accessory use, therefore I should have it too, they just set the precedent last week for making that argument on any number of things that you could, you know, and that's that's the more troubling part you know, long when, term. When I lived in New Hampshire, I lived in a tiny little town called Wilmot, and I actually went and took all these classes, um, and, and I became the liaison to the planning commission up there and on, on ordinances and accessory structures. Can you believe it? Mm -hmm. I mean, me. So um, so I really, and, and it was, it was a huge big deal because, I mean, that's the live free or die state. I mean, there was like, it was like the Wild West up there as far as, there, there were no rules. Like someone could have just come in and put a Dunkin' Donuts in the middle of town and, and you know, and these were beautiful little New England towns. Very much like out here and they they were just like starting to become aware of that kind of stuff yeah, so. and, yeah, and our natural resources oh sorry no, it's okay but our natural resources are the engine that drives our economy just like in those new england towns that you're talking about and that's why a lot of times 
we are able to find consensus. Um, I'm working now in the county legislature on expanding the grant and loan program for the individual septic systems. And what I've been asked to do, which is really fun, is <laughs> to do these one-on-one -on -one conversations with the legislators throughout Suffolk County. And you learn the needs and concerns of the different parts of Suffolk County, which is huge, 900 square miles, are very, very different. Deer Park, which is densely populated and, you know, the median income for a four-person family is $80,000. And, you know, they live right on top of each other. They're all on cesspool. Well, there's an area that's in on cesspools. They're very different. But here on the East End, we live in one of the most beautiful parts of the world. It runs our economy, our natural resources, our surface waters, our beautiful beaches our our woods mm -hmm. and we've got to protect it and I think we can that's why the, I think the hills is a little bit disappointing because there was an opportunity for consensus and I think we missed it um, you know what we're gonna take another little break but when we come back we're gonna live in the solution and we're gonna talk about what you know if someone's listening this just rolling their eyes what we can each do um, let's talk septics Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Move on to C. Oh, yeah. come on. I don't want to talk about septic. I came here. I came here to talk septic. <laughs> well, we'll you talk did. a little about. I did, actually. We'll, well, how about we'll touch <laughs> on <laughs> septics. <laughs> we'll, stick a, we'll stick a pin in septics. But we really want to talk about the solution and what people can do moving forward, you know, in, in you know, and what the balance is between expansion and, and saving the environment out here. So we'll be back. You're listening to Sundays on the East End on 88.3 WPPB. Peconic Public Broadcasting, Long Island's only NPR station. We'll be right back. We're back on Sundays on the East End. This is Bridget Leroy with my fabulous guest co-host, Joe Shaw. I don't get fabulous very often. You I have to come here to get fabulous. That's awesome. You should have fabulous all the time. Aww. You're listening to us on 88.3wppb.org. You can stream us, or you can also actually listen to us now online. Um, and we're here with Suffolk County Legislator Bridget Fleming and Bob DeLuca from Group for the East End. And we've been talking a lot about water quality, balance, ecosystems, and we kind of want to get back to um, what, what people can do. I mean, really, uh, people who live out here and people who visit, who come out here. I just want to mention, you know, yeah, yeah. you had said, Bridget, about not eating a perspective where we shouldn't eat anything out of our surface waters, and I just... That breaks my heart, first yeah. of all, but I also think it's it's mistaken. It is safe to eat the, f the food that comes out of our waterways, and it's getting safer and safer. There was a time when the Great South Bay had 6,000 baymen working it. You know, we had right. an oyster processing plant in Orient, and 65,000 jobs were generated by the oysters that were, um, now this is back in the 1930s, but still, it was a very, very important part sure, of our economy. Land. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Cole Porter saying about our oysters, you know, it was a big <laughs> deal. But um, at any rate, I think with with you know help with of groups like like Bob's um, and you know like-minded policymakers at various levels of government, we are moving in a direction to get back to that incredible 
resource um, for our economy and for these delicious, you know, meals that Bob was talking yeah. about making. It's part of who we are. Do you and know my, we have an obligation to get back there. We do. I mean, my husband, uh, you know, he, like I said, he's from out here. He, um, we're, we're renting a little house in the dunes in Amagansett, and he just like took his fishing pole, went, walked down to the ocean, threw it in, got it's a striped one of the bass. Great things about the area. Big, well, great big one, and brought it up. And, and if I could it. follow on on Bridget's comment, you know, the more you disenfranchise yourself from the natural resources you depend upon, the harder it is to save them, right? So well, that's the thing is that I mean, like Joe and I have desk jobs. I mean, it, it's 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 an effort for people to get well, out. And if you give up on the bays and you give up on the harbors and you give up on the shellfish it really doesn't matter anymore right because you go to the grocery store and you don't realize that those scallops came in an airplane from china and once you hit that mark once the, the pivot goes in that direction everything that we've been trying to do all of us legislator fleming the good work that everybody has done in this community to protect the environment goes away and we just become kind of like a billboard of an attractive place to be rather than an attractive place to live. But I know that, wow, that we're not that. there. I know that we're mm -hmm. not there, and that's no, one of the reasons right. why we can reach consensus. You're, you're in Amagansett, Bridget. We just um, finished the second year of a program to reduce pesticide use um, in Amagansett, which is a fantastic program. For years and years and years, we've had this sort of hardened silos battle between people who want to ban methoprene and people who say public health requires us right, to use it. Right, because it kills the mosquitoes, right? The, the mosquito nymphs that, that breed, and so we don't want to all be getting like West Nile and, and Tripoli and everything, but also how do you protect the waterways? Because, so. right. because some, of the, some of the shellfish are linked... Um, um, what am I trying to say? Genetically, to right. to some of them, they can be affected by the methane. I mean, like that is like Blinky from The Simpsons. Exactly, like oh, three-eyed fish. Yes. Anyway, sorry, I don't mean I make fun do, of it. Um, I, I do have to say that I that there is debate on that science, but the one thing that everyone agrees with is that pesticides should be reduced. And so, right. whether you believe that methoprene affects the crustaceans or not, you can find a common goal in saving money by reducing pesticides or keeping it out of the surface waters for whatever reason. And, and it goes back to an idea of if we restore our balance in the ecosystem, if we find a way that the mosquitoes predators are allowed, like the killifish are allowed to thrive, if we find a way to bring the marshlands back to their natural state so that water flows easily through them, you don't have breeding hot spots. Right. And that's exactly what we did. We worked with the Nature Conservancy. A, a, a member of Bob's staff was on, uh, on the teams. We went out, did real-time mosquito dips, and sent that back to the new director of vector control. And he would, in real time, adjust the map that the helicopter pilot is using. We reduced methoprene use by 50%. Yeah, we went from 190 acres too. Exactly. Right, yeah. We went from 190 acres to 70 acres. And what we did is we found, because we had the science to support it, it was an app that we used, which is awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. Super awesome. And we're actually, the developer of the app has asked to use the program in his presentations for apps. 
Wow. So yeah, and the vector control director has been invited to a uh, conference for Northeast Vector Control to try to promote this, you know, to, to, to explain what happened. Because we found that all the breeding hotspots are on the top of the marsh, at the edge of the marsh. So, you know, acres away where the surface waters of Akabonic Harbor actually are don't need spraying. And we've stopped. So it's super exciting. And, and with that data, we just put in an, a grant application with the State of New York with Akabonic Protection Committee, I guess it goes in Monday, um, which will help us further focus now that we have the information about where those hotspots are. We actually want to have somebody in the field who's really knocking on doors and, and explaining to people. Well, this is a lot of what people, this is the, what you can do. Advocacy and you education. Know. This uh, is it. what we need you to know. discuss. At, uh, and on I want to, I actually want to yeah. ask Bob, ahead, you know, when, we, when I first moved out here 20 years ago, from a little rural town in western Pennsylvania, I was shocked that there were two things that were not prevalent here that were in that little town of 1400 that I lived in, municipal garbage pickup, which I won't open that can of worms right now, and we sewers. We can have him back to talk about sewers. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like Sew to talk about that one too. Sew yeah. Sewage treatment um, facilities where the, the number of cesspools just I was just stunned that this is a region yep. that pulls its its water from an aquifer and yet the we prevalent bury our waste. We we just yeah. let it leach into the ground. So a couple of what well, what was it a year ago now I felt like there was another sort of epoch making moment when the CPF was adjusted to allow for water quality funds mm -hmm. and the towns and the county and the state all began talking about water quality and putting and money septic and in all septics mm -hmm. and putting money behind doing something about addressing the septics. Can you guys both talk about where that's going to go next and, and how significant that could well, be? Well, I mean, briefly, it's probably the most, it's the single most significant water quality problem that we can do something about that we have, right? The hundreds of thousands of these septic systems, which we now, and I'm an old health department guy, but originally the health department was focused on how much nitrogen in the water could you drink for health and safety reasons. Ew. It wasn't really <laughs> thinking about how much nitrogen in an embayment or in a water body could that ecosystem take. We now find out that half a milligram per liter there is dangerous and above. 10 milligrams a liter is okay for us, right? So there's a big... So Stop for a second, yeah. because I don't think people understand <laughs> What that nitrogen point. is. We're, no, we're, no, but oh. I mean, I think the difference, because people go, oh, it meets, it meets drinking water standards. Right. So, ten, But you can have 10 milligrams of nitrogen in drinking water, but a half a milligram in, in the water that you discharge into an estuary can be... Can right. be so we have health standards, we don't have ecological standards. Right. And we're starting to get up to speed on the science, and this is the bridge between that new understanding and the technology, right? So the systems that are being talked about now cost more than a standard system, but that's partially because there's not a lot of them in the ground. And Suffolk County has been a leader in terms of now require or creating the requirements around those kinds of systems where Southampton Town and East Hampton Town and Shelter Island are now requiring them in certain areas and in East Hampton in all areas for replacements and new construction. But also, can't people get some kind of like, they get some sort of incentive or, or, or yes. help if they live near water and they're going to replace their septic, right? So there are a few different funding sources. Um, CPF towns, East Hampton and South Hampton, can use 20% of their CPF funds, the Community Preservation Fund. It's a 2% transfer tax on every real estate transaction. Thank you, Fred. 
over. Thank you, Fred. Thank you, Judith Hope. Yeah, thank you, thank you Judy. Um, Mario Cuomo. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of great people. Thank you, Bob DeLuca. You were in those photos. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was in those photos in 1998. <laughs> it took 10 years to get that bill. It's a fantastic, fantastic tool. But Suffolk County also has a program. We only have $2 million a year to spend until this year. The N New York State uh, developed a, a grant program last year, $75 million to be spent on sep septic upgrades. That's $15 million a year for That's five amazing. years. So, I mean, but listen to yeah, this. Yeah, the yeah. most exciting part is Suffolk County, of the $15 million, got 10 0.02 million. But that's clearly because we need it. It's not only because uh, we need it, but it's because we're in a position to spend it. We're the only community that got, has you've got the a advanced system in place. We we did a when septic I first system. A septic mm. system in place. I did there. A number of them. Very cute. Um, we did the first septic first sanitary code revisions in 30 years, in three decades, in order to wow. in order to do what Bob's talking about to pull the nitrogen out. And by the way, shellfish pull nitrogen out. Yes, that's I know very that, important. Which is, makes me so not want to eat shellfish. <laughs> when no, I, I'm not, it's, it's okay. Like I'm not no, no, think that's about that. okay. Eat the shellfish. They're good. Okay. If, they, if the shellfish are going to be a problem, believe me, DEC is very heavy-handed. They will let you know if you can't. So let me ask you the, the tough question, which is I'm a property owner in Hampton Bays. I'm not on the water by any stretch, but I am within sight of the bay. I have a septic tank. I would be perfectly happy to change out for one of these new systems, but I don't have the money to put up front yeah, to so do what, it. What steps so yes, where are we going with this? Because right. I'm a guy that'll it's do it. It's there. What, no, what no, 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 Joe. Joe take? First of all, um, you know, you can go to the town building department in, in Southampton. They have uh, set up. I don't know if you've inquired yet, but there is funding available to assist you. There is also state funding so far, so you can you can get ten thousand dollars up front from the state, and then I'm not sure how how Southampton's program runs, but then there's a, an amount that'll be contributed as well. Suffolk County, right now, what I'm doing when I was talking about those one-on-one -on -one conversations I'm having with legislators, we have ten million dollars to spend. So originally they didn't want to, they wanted to give less to the CPF uh, towns, but my position is that's punishing the CPF towns unfairly. So what the structure is, if we're able to get this over the finish line, and we hope it'll be in place by January 1st, we're going to have, you, the state will give you 10000 then Southampton Town will give you an additional amount, maybe 5000 and the town, the county will then give you up to $10,000 unless you're lower moderate income, in which case you get 15000 So if, if the systems are now costing about 22000 depending so on... So it's almost like you get the whole thing covered. Yes. Exactly. That's fantastic. That is the goal. Which well, is cheaper than if you were just to change out a cesspool. We only have <laughs> about five minutes left. So I know it goes really quick. Um, but I do want to really talk about, again, what, what people can do in terms of advocacy and, and, and educating themselves about this. Like, where can they go? What are some right. of the websites they can... How do we get people well, passionate about even this? Even before they get to a website, I think the biggest problem that we have is a lack of slowing down and just raising awareness, just general awareness. And it doesn't ha you don't have to be a nature guy, but just slow down, look around, start to raise your awareness and consciousness about the world that you live in and where stuff comes from and where it goes. Just start with that. Where is your water coming from that comes into your house? Where is it going when it leaves your house? You don't have to fix the entire sanitary problem for Suffolk County. If you start there and you start small and you start asking yourself, how many plastic straws do I really need? Do I even need a plastic straw? Should I be thinking about changing out of... That's all great. 
to the extent that newspapers like the Southampton Press cover these stories. And the Independent. And the Independent, yes. Thank you for noticing me. And really all of the local media out here, which is very sort of good in terms of covering environmental issues, read those papers, right? But I can say that we are, our communities are on the cutting edge of all of this, Bob. I I believe that many, many of our listeners are already there and they need to know what Bridget's asking is what do we do to help. We banned the plastic bags before anybody else. We Mm -hmm. had our own septic system uh, rebate program Mm -hmm. before anybody else. So I sit with people from Babylon and Huntington and Islip and Smithtown. They do not do these things. They don't have that level of So The advocate in me just says this, don't let anybody rest on their laurels because we only got that far from the constant din yep. of public pressure and I appreciate the work of your group but then we also have totally. this, you know if, if, uh, the population quadruples in the summer with people right. who aren't aware of this so That's how do, do the locals with kindness and awareness express our need for them to not leave their garbage everywhere and throw it out the car windows and and you know how do we do that we're going to be actually be able to come back in a couple of weeks maybe and have a conversation about this because we're planning uh, a big um, couple of articles about the recycling uh, Ah, on the east end and how much of a Hmm. how much of a misnomer it actually is because um, and and just to identify that situation where uh, our feature writer Kaylin Riley's been working on that um, for about a month and uh, we have some really fascinating stuff to report coming up between now and the end of the year we, we have a couple of part series coming up so oh, we can, can come I, back and have a conversation about that would be fun yeah that's yeah. fantastic can I just note if if anybody has a question about the septics and wants to move forward with an application you can you're welcome to call my office which is 631-852-8400 we work with the health department engineers we can help you through the permit process we can help you move through those grant and loan programs uh, we also have as, as Bob pointed out we've got educational opportunities moving forward on the mosquito stuff. You're going to have people in that Akabonic area talking about emptying flower pots, you know, get rid of standing water around the residences. The less mosquitoes we have, the less pesticides you're going to need to use. And also with regard to the SPAT programs, the oyster growing programs, they're all out there. So I would suggest um, Bob's website is Mm -hmm. a good one, the group for the South Fork. Group, you did it too. It's not just me. Group for the EastEnd.org um, and Reclaim Our Waters, which is the which is the Suffolk County yes. website. It's Reclaim Our Waters. I don't know if it's org or com or but but re- if you gov. Look at, okay, ReclaimOurWaters.gov. Which, which, wa- which allows you to actually work your way through the entire um, process of seeing whether you qualify for the rebate and where your house is. It's a great site and it's uh, very non-governmental in its. Um, you know, your ability to work with it. It's we brought an engineer from Rhode Island who was part of the program that they ran on. His name is Justin Jobin. You mm-hmm. know him well. He is just brilliant. And we actually, in the budget that was just adopted the other day, added seven uh, people to the to the Department of Health Services staff in order to help people through these processes. So it's, it's there, ready to use, and it'll get even better in January. I'll just very quickly tell you that the small step I've taken personally, yeah. I canceled Blue Apron. 
Oh no! Because I the wasteful, but the wastefulness yeah. of it and everything. But I have all of these recipes now. I have all this wonderful stuff at my disposal in the local shops and the the fish and the the produce. And I'm going to try and make those recipes using local products instead. I'm so proud That's of you, Joe. That's my small step to try and make things better. And and I just agree with what <laughs> Bob said. And and we were talking about yoga and meditation. I mean, it begins with awareness. Like, if if you're just in front of your phone all the time or your computer, like get up. Just walk around your house. Look up at the sky. Look up at the stars. Mm -hmm. We're so lucky we can still see the stars here. Listen to the ocean and, and realize that we all come from that. You know, Carl Sagan said that we, we are stardust, but we're also earth dust and, and water and all of these things. It's, it's in us, and we need to protect the macrocosm in order to take care of the microcosm. So true. A walk in the woods can sometimes cure all ills. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, it's reclaimourwater.info. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. I want to thank everybody. This has just been an enlivening and hopeful and uh, moving forward, you know, really positive conversation about water quality, our ecosystems and everything. And uh, Joe Shaw as my co-host today. I can't thank you enough for ah, coming in. It's my in. absolute pleasure. It's been wonderful. And Bridget Fleming, thank you so much for everything thank you've you. done. Thank you. Great and, conversation. Yeah. And Bob DeLuca, you've been listening to Sundays on the East End. This is Bridget Leroy. Please join us back next week. And thanks again, as always, to our brilliant producer, Kyle Lynch. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Funding for Sundays on the East End is provided in part by CP Complete Construction and Renovation, with additional support from the Independent and from Just Beyond Infinity Googleplex. Plex.